History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. That's why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, you heard me, for free. You don't get anything free in the Biden economy today. I personally recommend you sign up for the American Citizenship and its Decline. It's with my good friend, the great historian, Victor Davis Hanson. In this eight-lecture course, VDH, as I like to call him, explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. The course is self-paced so that you can start whenever and wherever. So start your free course, American Citizenship and Its Decline, with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash justnews to start. It's free and it's easy to get started and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu slash justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash justnews. Hello, America, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Justin News, where today, yes, the Durham trial finally opened. Yes, we've been hearing about it for months, right? The case against Michael Sussman, the Clinton campaign lawyer who went to the FBI and shared fake or bad or inaccurate Russia dirt on Donald Trump in the closing days of the 2016 election. And according to John Durham, lied to the FBI saying, I'm bringing this to you as an American citizen, just trying to do the right thing to help the FBI, not because I'm working for any client. Well, in fact, according to John Durham and his indictment, he was working on behalf of two clients, the Clinton campaign and Rodney Jaffe, a tech executive aligned with the Clinton campaign. That lie, according to Durham was material. It misled or pushed the FBI to open a case that it might otherwise have looked at differently if it knew it was coming from the Clinton orbit in the final days of an election. Very important development. Now, that case opened and immediately we had opening statements today and John Durham laid out his case with his team very clearly. And that is that John Durham tried to use the FBI as a political tool. It's a direct quote to create an October surprise that would harm Donald Trump's election chances. That he went to the FBI with the specific goal of trying to create a political election problem for Donald Trump, misusing or abusing the FBI. And in the process, he needed to lie to make sure that the FBI would really open up on the case. A very important opening statement today. Most of us who follow this case have always suspected it, but today the government put that on the record. And I think that's very important. The defense gave a different story saying, listen, the FBI knew what was going on. They knew that Sussman had a political client and it's unfair. This is a lot of commotion about something that isn't worth that much. That's what the defense said. We'll see how the DC jury plays out in this, a very interesting trial. But today it opened and the October surprise is the opening focus of the Durham team. I think that's a very important 
thing. Now, I want to take one other element of this trial because it is happening in Washington, D.C., a city where Democrats are about 90% to 10% Republicans. In fact, Hillary Clinton in 2016 won the District of Columbia 90.9%, 91% to 4%. Republicans are not a big part of the jury pool. Independents are not a big part of the jury pool. And so you see some oddities in this case that people will be talking about. For instance, there are three jurors who, in their questioning, donated to the Clinton campaign. So you got three jurors who were Clinton campaign supporters. So a lot of people are going to be worried about that. John Durham didn't seem to be, but just so you know that. A fourth juror on the 12-member panel donated to Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, as she's known colloquially here in Washington. So there is a very liberal jury poll. Now, in addition to that, the judge, who, by the way, has been very fair thus far to John Durham, but U.S. District Judge Christopher Cooper, well, his wife is the lawyer for the FBI, former FBI counsel, Lisa Page. So she is a Democrat herself, worked in the Clinton campaign. And so when you put all those together, you realize that this trial is going to be carried out in a very left-leaning city with a very left-leaning jury poll with a judge who has a left-leaning wife who's connected to part of this FBI caper. We got to keep that in mind. It's a very important part. Now, we've got two amazing guests today because it is Pennsylvania Election Day. That's right. Donald Trump has put his winning streak on the line. He's got, I think, 55 primary wins against one loss thus far. But tonight, he's put it behind Dr. Oz. He's put it behind Doug Mastriano, and we'll see how he fares a very important night. So first up in the podcast, the former White House chief of staff, former congressman from North Carolina and good friend of this show, Mark Meadows, joins us. We're going to talk about the election, the context of it all, the strength of the Trump endorsement, what Trump may be doing behind the scenes that we can't see that are helping candidates like J.D. Vance just benefited in Ohio, maybe like Dr. Oz will see tonight. We'll get all that. And of course, because Mark Meadows is a very important part of unraveling the Sussman slash Russia collusion story, we're going to ask him about that. And then we are going to go to a very good friend of this show, Tim Stewart, the head of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association. We're going to talk about that inflation tax, that gas tax that the Biden energy policies have foisted upon America. Believe it or not, gas prices reached an all-time high in the last week, almost 445 nationwide historic highs that are eating into everyone's budget, whether you're a trucking company or an airline or a mom and dad taking the kids to school or driving to work every day. It has gotten extremely expensive to fill your tank. And some people now are forced to choose between their gas tank and their grocery bill. That's not something that America wants. And we are so lucky, so, so lucky to have Tim Stewart, one of the real experts in the energy space and a man who came on the show a year ago and predicted this moment. He told us it would be at $4 plus gas. He told us that the energy policies would create shortages, create crises, create what he called an energy poverty in America. We're going to go back and ask him about that because every one of those comments he made a year ago turned out to be true. That's why we're so proud of the guests that we bring on the show. They bring you 
true information. They bring you analysis that almost always turns out to be true because of their extraordinary command of their subject. And Tim Stewart of the U.S. Oil and Gas Association is one of those guys, as is, you know, Mark Meadows. We've had him on here. He always makes news when he comes here. What a great show. So we shouldn't delay any further. Let's get right to the commercial break. When we come back, first up, Mark Meadows, former Trump White House Chief of Staff, former Congressman, and one of the key people who unraveled the Russia collusion caper right after this. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I want to shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out by not only advocating for senior issues, but also by pushing for conservative values that affect us all. By joining, you're not just supporting our senior citizens, you're part of a movement defending the freedoms that made this country great and to ensure that we secure our nation's future. Plus, membership brings you exclusive benefits like discounts on travel, dining, and entertainment, and of course, special insurance rates, one of the things I like. Regardless of your age, if you're driven to preserve freedom, AMAC welcomes you. This is about uniting youthful vigor with the wisdom of experience and our quest to keep this country great. Sign up now for amac.us slash justnews. And for a limited time, you get a free gift membership for someone else who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash justnews. That's amac.us slash justnews and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, uh, vegetable dinners, and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning, and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly, I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down. And my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick House Nutrition and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. This next guest, he doesn't need any introduction at all. Everybody knows him for the great work he's done, both as the Trump White House Chief of Staff, and before that is one of the most important members in Congress, one of the driving forces of the Freedom Caucus, and of course, one of the men who unraveled the Russia collusion case. He was at the forefront of that. Joining me right now, my good friend, Mark Meadows. Mark, great to have you back on the show. John, great to be with you, and and uh, you're giving me those kudos. I would like to 
to give you some kudos as a reporter. Uh, there were only a few reporters who were willing to report the truth and the whole Russia collusion narrative. And not only did you report the truth, but you were digging and digging and digging. And much of what we're starting to see unravel is doing no small part to the great uh, a bit of journalism that you did while I was a member of Congress. You know how to make an Irish guy blush, and that's hard to do, so (laughs) (laughs) thank you. Yeah, listen, it's... um it's an amazing thing to realize what we live through. And we're, we're headed into the 2022 election, and we're still learning about the dirty tricks that were played out in 2016. What a remarkable six years we just all lived through. It's crazy. Well, it is crazy. And I think probably the biggest thing is is that Democrats, as you know, went on every Sunday show. They went on every single left-wing media outlet that they possibly could to talk about how Russia was responsible for Donald J. Trump being in the White House. And you and I both know that not only was that not true, but they were spinning a tale that uh, really was a reflection of themselves in the mirror. It was. And uh, and their whole coordinated effort. And so, John Durham, uh, it's been a long time coming. You and I have waited for this for some time, but hopefully they'll start to make – some real progress in, in holding uh, people accountable for using the FBI and the DOJ as part of a political operation. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. And, you know, it's a funny thing, uh, uh, just a little aside in this, but Eric Lichtblau, former New York Times reporter, he's going to be a def- witness for the defense. And I was going back as, as I was preparing for this and looking at some of his headlines, and I just called some of these headlines up. They're really, uh, they're fun now to look back at them. April 22nd, 2017, Eric Lichtblau wrote, Comey tried to shield the FBI from politics. Uh, No, actually, he didn't. Uh, A couple days before that, he wrote a headline, CIA had evidence of Russian effort to help Trump earlier than believed. No, actually, the CIA was debunking Sussman stuff. It's kind of fun to look back at where the mainstream media was with the Democrats and how much of a ride that they got taken forward. I think this trial may be the moment where people get to see the complicity of reporters the, you know, the, the bureaucracy, the intelligence bureaucracy and the democratic machinery, your thoughts having unraveled that, because when you started unraveling this, there was a lot of incoming fire at you and Devin Nunes. But you knew from the beginning that that was the alliance. Is this the moment America gets to see that complicity? Well, I, I believe so. I think they'll start to see it. Uh, and, and listen, it was a number of uh, people actually giving false stories to the New York Times, to uh, uh, Washington Post, and to others. You know, they would shop not just the dossier, but they would shop all these different narratives. And and yet, as journalists, you would expect them to actually dig deeper. And what they did was took the credibility of... uh, uh, many times friends, uh, associates, or, or friends of friends, and and ran with it and, and suggested that the dots actually were connected when, indeed, the dots would show a, a picture that was totally uh, opposite of the narrative that they were pushing. As you mentioned, uh, you know, when you look at, at the CIA and FBI's involvement— uh, it, it was it was not necessarily, and, and I'm talking about at the very top levels. Yeah, uh, the, the vast majority of the FBI and DOJ right. are wonderful public servants that do a great job of of uh, defending our country. And yet, James Comey and and others, uh, Andy McCabe and others at the very top, uh, at worst, 
uh, you know, were complicit and helped along with it. But even at best, uh, they didn't do the research to actually uh, bring to light what you and I both know is is that this was uh, a, a campaign operation, operation for uh, not only trying to sway the election in 2016, but spin a total narrative that would take the focus off of Hillary Clinton and and others. And they did it under the guise of legitimate journalism. And uh, I, I can remember telling a couple of reporters, I said, there's a Pulitzer Prize here if you would just look at the facts and report them. Uh, but they were winning Pulitzers for a false narrative that's about to come unraveled. Yeah, that they were. And uh, thank goodness now we're finally going to get some more of that truth. There are going to be some career FBI agents and career CIA personnel that testify. And I think people will get to see the goodness of the everyday people that work in those agencies, even when their political leaders lead them astray. I think the jury's going to get to see what real pros look like when uh, when John Durham calls them. I want to pivot to uh, an important thing because no one understands President Trump better than you. He got to be his, he was his chief of staff. He, he ran a very important moment in the White House's history. Um, there's a big election tonight in Pennsylvania. Uh, people see what they see in the media, but there's a whole other component that President Trump brings when he gets behind a Dr. Oz or he gets behind a Doug Mastriano. Can you tell us a little bit of what goes on behind the scenes in a place like Pennsylvania, North Carolina, um, uh, Ohio a couple of weeks ago, where Donald Trump brings some resources that are pretty impressive and we never really get to see them? Well, it, it's uh, it's not just the resources that he brings, but it's the credibility of an endorsement that uh, quite frankly, John, I've never seen in, in my uh, almost 63 years of being, uh, uh, you know, walking on the face of this this great uh, country uh, that we, we call home. But I, I can tell you this, that it is the behind the scenes that actually makes a difference. So, so yes, he does an endorsement. Uh, he'll actually go in and, as you know, uh, he'll do the rallies and the rallies oftentimes um, are people that are showing up to support him, not necessarily his endorsed candidate, but but they uh, I, I, maybe I can best tell it uh, by what happened in Ohio. And, and I agree. I think he, he brings uh, Oz a, across the finish line uh, tonight. Uh, the, the, the race that was actually they were all criticizing President Trump about was Ted Budd in North Carolina. Yeah. And uh, we're going to see him win uh, by digits. Yeah. Yeah. And against a very popular uh, past former Republican governor that had name ID uh, probably second only to Donald Trump in the state of North Carolina. But here's what he does. He, he'll he'll not only do the rallies, he'll he'll uh, come in, he'll do town hall calls. Uh, he puts the word out with a number of, of operatives uh, in in each individual state robocalls that he will do. And so uh, a lot of people look just for the hard dollars, just for the dollars spent. And uh, and if the president needs to, with his, his PACs, uh, he's, he's actually willing to spend those dollars in the midterm as well. Uh, but he does a whole bunch on the front end uh, about electability uh, and, and trying to make sure that he finds someone who uh, not only uh, embraces the America First agenda, but is willing to win, and uh, uh, and and even though uh, you know we, you and I are here talking about Pennsylvania right now, it's going to be close. Yep. But the the second place finisher, if it comes out the way that you and I think it will, 
she's she's got an incredible, compelling personal story. She does, and and is is pro Trump. I mean, it's not like it's a never Trumper against a pro Trumper. Uh, you you got to figure. You know, it's not only first, second. But first, second, and third in the state of Pennsylvania were all running on a pro-Trump platform. Uh, he's transformed it, but he's able to to mobilize uh, that forgotten man and woman in ways that uh, traditional consultants still have yet to figure out. You know, all they want is endorsement and say, go home. Yep. Uh, you don't get the benefit of the, the Trump machine if that's what you do. I recently got to see a letter. It's a little old now because it, it was sent uh, back in January. But Glenn Youngkin sent this remarkable personal note to Donald Trump, thanking him for something he did the night before the election, which Donald Trump doesn't take credit for. He doesn't tell people, but he did this giant uh, set of town, uh, phone calls, town, telephone town uh, halls with his base in Virginia the night before. And Glenn Youngkin writes, that was so instrumental in getting the vote out the next day to win. Uh, these are little things that people don't see visibly. You know, they don't hear about it because Donald Trump doesn't brag about it. But these, you know, you get two, three hundred thousand people on a phone call or 70,000 on a phone call. And all of a sudden, uh, a bunch more people are going to the polls the next morning that might not have gone. Uh, these these different layers of Donald Trump's support that the media don't detect until it's too late. They realize, well, that's how Donald Trump. But I didn't know that. It's it's pretty, pretty remarkable. And um, well, it, it, it is. And I can tell you that the media will never even if Donald Trump were talking about it, they wouldn't report it that wouldn't. way. In fact, if you remember with Glenn Youngkin, it was, oh, well, he was dis- distancing himself. That's from right. Pres- which was not the case. I, you know, I talked to a number of the people on the uh, uh, in the Youngkin campaign, and uh, you're right. That Monday night, it was a get out the vote effort that was um, similar to what he did in Pennsylvania yesterday. Right. And and uh, and what we saw in Virginia, and I think what we'll see in North Carolina and Pennsylvania and, and other states to come is that all of a sudden those undecided voters at the very last minute uh, will say, listen, I loved what Donald Trump was able to do for us in the White House. We're going to support his candidate. It may not be my first pick, may not even be my second pick, but if he's with them, uh, I'm going to go that way. And that's what happened in Ohio. I was going to say that. Uh, you know, uh, Josh Mandel had had a real strong lead. In he fact, sure J.D. Did. Vance is now the nominee, was in third, maybe fourth place, depending on which poll. And uh, President Trump's endorsement and then continued uh, involvement over really a 10 day period um, took J.D. Vance from from a, uh, a fourth place finish to uh, being the nominee and and I believe the next uh, senator from the great state of Ohio. It's pretty remarkable. And uh, it'll take years for people to catch up to what goes on. Uh, The machinery of the Trump movement is so bigger and smarter and swifter than people detect. And I think tonight we'll see another piece of that evidence. I want to take it to one last point because you are uh, one of the great conciliators in Congress. You could bring people together who had different viewpoints and get them to rally behind things. That's a hard thing. There's a famous moment in my career. There's not many that I remember from interviews, but I got to interview George H.W. Bush once, and I asked him, how did you and Ronald Reagan patch things up after the 80 primary and become this great team that you know swept uh, uh, Carter, Jimmy Carter out of office? And he said, I remember the day the president called me, and, uh, and he said, George, I only got one piece of advice from here to forward. And he said, Ronnie, what is that? And he said, um, if you're going to pull the pin on a hand grenade from this point forward and you're in my foxhole, for God's sake, throw it on the other guy. 
guys. And I, I thought that <laughs> such a great moment. There'll be a moment in September where all the primaries will be over. How do Republicans come together and make sure that they take back both chambers of Congress and get a mandate to govern Washington and stop what Joe Biden has started in Washington? Yeah, I think probably the biggest thing is not only recognizing that what we're fighting for is so much bigger than any one candidate. Uh, you got to recognize that. And then the other is, is uh, people like me who are very conservative, uh, we have to push for the most conservative person that's electable. Uh, Now, Washington, D.C. will say that no conservative is ever electable. (laughs) Uh, And so I want to make sure that your listeners understand that what I'm saying is, we need to make sure states like Texas and Georgia and Florida and North Carolina uh, and some of the more traditional conservative states perform with the most conservative nominees. But in some of those states where perhaps it is a lot more moderate, take it uh, maybe a Republican nominee in the state of Pennsylvania, a Republican nominee in California, uh, we've got to, to make sure that, that we uh, – we help them understand how important it is to have the majority, because at, at this point, and a majority, and I want to be clear, a majority that actually gets things done, because it's not enough to have just an R behind the name and put somebody in there as a new speaker or leader of the Senate. Uh, we need to make sure that they're actually performing. And so uh, I'm going to be helping with that. I know Donald Trump is going to be helping with that. To, to move some of these people that perhaps uh, are more of an uh, acquired taste, yep. uh, move those <laughs> to, uh, to victory in, in, in November. That's an important mission. That's why what you're doing at the Conservative Policy Institute is so important. Mark, how do people follow what you're doing there? It's one of the great organizations having huge impact. Everyone I talk to watching, have you seen what CPI is doing? Have you seen what Mark's doing? How do people stay in touch with what you're doing there? Yeah, listen, uh, CPI, uh, CPI.org, uh, you can follow all the initiatives that we're getting involved with, but I can tell you that uh, we believe that uh, our, our best days are ahead. We're going to actually have to work very, very hard to make sure that that forgotten man and woman that Donald Trump represented when he went into the White House continues to be represented here on Capitol Hill. And so, uh, you know, reach out to us at CPI.org uh, on all the social platforms or by email, and we'd love to love to chat and keep you better informed. That's a great organization that is really on the pulse of so many of the most important issues and the policies and the next ideas that are going to make America great again. Mark, it is always an honor to have you on this show. We always walk away smarter than when we started. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, John. Great to be with you. Keep up the great work. I sure will try. Thank you so much. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after this commercial message. Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. Then it's up to the 20,000 new IRS enforcement agents to find you. Why the IRS targets you and not millionaires? Well, because millionaires have tax lawyers. You don't, you'll pay up. Plus interest and penalties. 
You need Tax Network USA, and you need them now. Tax Network USA has brilliant war room strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. Like a preferred direct line to the IRS, they know which agents to deal with and who to avoid. It's not all bad news for you because Tax Network USA learned of a special limited time IRS offer. They're willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. So schedule your free confidential consultation to see if you qualify for this limited time IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit tnusa.com slash justnews. That's tnusa.com slash justnews. Folks, if you get your wallet stolen or your cell phone or your car, we know what it is. It's old-fashioned theft. It's crime. We know it. Criminals now have a new way to steal our most valuable asset, our homes. Older Americans are most vulnerable to these types of thefts, and that's because they more often own their homes outright. An 88-year-old Florida woman recently discovered that scammers forged her signature, created a fake deed to her home, and then took her property. Those who buy a property from a deed theft scammer often become victims as well. What can you do to protect yourself? It's simple. My good friends at Home Title Lock provide the premier detection technology to protect your home and its title. The instant they detect an activity or something suspicious, they mobilize to help shut it down. We won't know a thief took us off our title until it's too late. That's why Title Lock jumps into action right away. The titles to all our homes are easily found online. A criminal or renter, even a family member, can simply forge your signature on a home sale form. Then he or she refiles as the new owner, and bam, your home is not in your name, and all of a sudden, debts are being taken out against it. That's why Home Title Lock is my choice. Find out for free when you use my code JUSTNEWS at sign up. You'll get a free comprehensive scan of your home's title and 30 days of legendary home title lock protection free. So go to hometitlelock.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's the promo code JUSTNEWS at hometitlelock.com. Go there today. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. You know right now in the middle of this inflation and energy crisis that straight talk is what Americans want. And our next guest gives us that every time we have him on the show. He has been right on the money predicting everything that the Biden administration would do. Joining us right now from the U.S. Oil and Gas Association, our good friend, Tim Stewart. Tim, great to have you back on the show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. It is an extraordinary time, and you predicted everything we're living in right now on the show over the last several times you've been here. You've nailed it. Average price of gas hit 448. A lot of people are starting to see a future with $5 in it. Uh, are we headed that way for the summer? You know, I wish I could uh, have that crystal ball. I hope not, to be honest with you. And that may seem counterintuitive to have an oil and gas executive saying, I don't want to see a $5 gasoline, but the reality is, is the worst thing in the world would be for a demand collapse to take place in the industry right now, people just not being able to afford to do what they need to do to drive and to buy things. So I hope we don't get there. But unfortunately, I think the, the all the market indicators, John, are, are pointing to that direction that we're going to see historic gasoline and diesel prices over the, over the, the summer, and that's really concerning for all of us. Yeah, and diesel hits farmers who are also hit with the uh, – um, reality that uh, they're going to be fertilizer shortages. There already are fertilizer shortages because petroleum, obviously, is an important part of that equation as well. We're in the moment of a crisis with people being forced to, to make tough choices. But a year from now, does this have a, a downstream impact on the food stock and on the food supply of the world? 
I think it hasn't. It's already you're already starting to see that. Yeah, you know, you and I've talked in the past. Uh, I come from a farming background, and uh, my brothers who are running farms, and our, our friends out west who are running farms, who are spending five or seven thousand dollars a week to keep the, the tractors uh, fueled up to get the spring crops in. Uh, that has that's going to have a tremendous impact. The other the challenges with regards to uh, the entire supply chain and energy prices for the entire supply chain are going to hit a- agriculture in particular. And that obviously is, is the last thing you want to see. Uh, and so from, from the industry's perspective, from the oil and gas producer's perspective, since we are at the top of the food chain like the farmer is, you know, we're price takers. And we, what we can do is we can put the, the product and the supply out into the system what happens to it from further down the supply chain? Unfortunately, we don't have the ability to control as much as as people think that we do. But uh, we're we're concerned uh, with the impact on agriculture, on manufacturing, not just transportation. Yeah, downstream is it? And you you used a term uh, uh, two times ago when you were on the show that I think is becoming a reality. I, I saw a woman at store yesterday struggling to pay her phone bill, or I'm sorry, her food bill, and she said, "I just filled up the tank. I should have saved some extra money." When you look at this energy, energy poverty is a real uh, phenomenon that we're entering into for a whole class of Americans, aren't we? We are. And I was actually asked the question over the weekend, well, how high is, is too high of gasoline price? And my response is it's too high when you can't afford it. Yeah. And, and that, that is uh, every American family, every American worker is trying to make those decisions right now. You're starting to see people make some significant rational choices as to can I afford to buy gasoline and, and get to work or do I not take that job that may be 30 miles away if I'm a, you know, say a, a contractor or something like that because the fuel costs or, or will eat up any profit I might have. I actually had the bug guy at my house a couple day, a couple weeks ago and he asked me, you know, he was doing his, his spraying for, for bugs and he says, well, what are prices going to go? And I said, I really wish I could tell you. He says, well, I only fill up my tank at a half a at a half a tank at a time because one, it's too expensive to do a full tank, and two, I got to figure figure out when and where gas is going to go, and when it goes, when it drops a couple cents, that's when I run and jump. So we're seeing families wow. all across the country making decisions. I mean, we're doing it as well. I'm sure your family is doing it as well. It's we we don't want to be in this position, and unfortunately, uh, not to get too political, but we have an administration who is not helping us out here. It's not they're they're not taking this seriously. It seems like, uh, uh, you know, they, they have no strategy to get us out of this crisis. And, and frankly, we've got a president who's wandering around with his left-term blinker on, and it's really concerning for us all. <laughs> yeah, because if you keep you going in circles, uh, there was a, a very powerful opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend that said, based on the decisions that the administration is making, and I'm going to walk through some of those in a second, um, it's a valid question to now ask, maybe Biden's intention is to have higher gas prices, that they really want this pain on America. Your reaction to that Wall Street Journal op-ed? Well, so there, you know, last week there was an action the administration took, yep. which was, oh, you know, sure. again, the record that diesel prices are at record highs, inventories are, are now getting to almost historic and concerning lows. And what was the major action the administration took last week? We're going to cancel more lease sales. We're going to cancel the offshore lease sales in Alaska and in the Gulf of Mexico. But what I found really interesting, what caught my eye, was who made that announcement. It wasn't the Department of Interior, which manages both of those programs, right. but it was, it was Gina McCarthy, 
who is the White House climate advisor. And Gina McCarthy is unelected and unaccountable. But what it tells us is the climatistas in the White House are the ones calling all the shots on energy policy. And they're not forward-facing. They don't have to face the, the public like a Secretary of Interior does. So they have this flexibility, frankly, to make decisions that they think fit the greater good versus the actual had the economic impact uh, for American families. That's what I think is where all of us are really, really starting to be concerned with is that the, this push, this this climate agenda at all costs, and particularly economic costs, has to be implemented while they still can. That's something we all ought to be really watching carefully. I want to ask about the cancellation of those leases because those are long-term projects. They take years of investment and they then yield years of benefit, long-term energy supply benefit. There was a claim by the Biden administration that the industry simply wasn't interested in those leases. Is that true? Well, again, this is where I say that's total crap and, yep. don't, and don't feed us this line. Doing business in Alaska and, and in the Gulf are very different from doing business in New Mexico or Wyoming, for example. Right. And you're exactly right. Those projects are massive, multi-billion dollar investments and are, that take years and years to, to complete. Those, those leases wouldn't be nominated if industry wasn't interested in them. And so for them to say, well, they're just not expressing an interest, that's not true because when you're putting that much money on and time on the table, you don't telegraph your investment punches like, like they would think they would do. So if there is a company that's interested, they're going to be very, very quiet about it because they don't want their competitors to take a look at it. And so I think the White House and, and Interior was not being honest and straightforward with the public when they said that. Everyone I'm hearing is saying that. Everyone in the industry, quite frankly, people inside the Interior Department are telling me, that was not a true statement. There was interest in these leases. And it's just mind boggling that we can't even get an honest answer on something. All right, listen, you want to cancel it, say you're canceling it, but don't lie that there wasn't interest in the project. It, it doesn't help anyone. There's another one that I think, as I talk out, and I talk to economists now, I've talked to energy experts, I've talked to some people inside the administration, career people, and that is that somehow the independent companies that are producing are really to blame for this price increase. That's not true either, is it? Uh, that's another BS line, to be honest with you. Yeah. You've got 80, 83% of the production uh, that comes, that is done in the United States is done by independent companies. Yeah. John, there's a really, really interesting uh, report that came out from the Dallas Fed last week, and then it was backed up from the Minneapolis Fed on Friday. And what they show, those, those, those reports showed that uh, there's very, very little that the the oil and gas companies themselves, the producers, can do to lower retail gasoline prices that are that are high. 83% of the energy production comes from independents. And like I mentioned earlier, we're a lot like farmers. We're price takers. I mean, we don't have retail outlets. We put it into the system and it goes down and what happens to it. Blaming a typical oil and gas producer for the cost of gasoline and diesel is like blaming a farmer who grew wheat for the price of a loaf of bread in the yeah. supermarket. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not true. Yeah, it's not true. And it, what it shows is, is that there is a fundamental lack of economic understanding of how markets work in this administration when they make claims like that. Yeah, no, and it just gets repeated. Uh, the media repeats it, and this misinformation cycle carries down. And, and if you're somebody at the end of this line, someone that's filling out their tank at four or five, six dollars, you don't know what to believe. That's why it's so important that we get you on and have these conversations because you, you're, you're calling it straight. And uh, this is you're right. Both Minneapolis and Dallas Fed <coughs> put out these remarkable reports last week saying, "Hey, 
the dynamics are wrong here. This is a macro problem, not a micro problem. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we, it, it goes to show what happens when there's years of sort of underinvestment uh, in, in infrastructure and refining capacity is one of those things. But at the same time, you know, how are, if I'm a refiner or if I'm somebody who's going to finance a refining operation, right. am I going to sink a billion dollars into nope. new refining capacity if the White House is saying that in five or six years we want all fossil fuels to be gone? I'm not yeah. going to do that because nope. I'm not going to be able to get my investment back. Nope. There's no, no return on investment, and that's only going to exacerbate the problem. I mean, we're, we're creating not just a one- or two-year energy crisis. It looks like we're creating a five, 10, 15-year crisis, all for an exactly. ideological goal that isn't achievable right now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I want to go back to energy poverty. I mean, again, I, if I could reiterate to anybody listening, this is as much of concern to industry as it is to anybody else on the street. I'm paying the same prices to, to fuel up. That's I'm right. paying the same prices for airfare. And my family's got to make the same, make the same sort of rational economic uh, interests as whether or not we buy some, this or that because of the cost is too high. So, I, again, from what, what we can do from industry's perspective and what we are doing, we've got as many rigs. Actually, our rigs account is way up. Uh, we're back up to where we were pre-COVID, which is great. The, most, the thing we can do is get as much product into the system, which gives the refining capacity. It gives the refiners options. Uh, and, and so that's what we're really doing our best to do is to make sure there's enough product out there domestically, despite what the White House is trying to do against us. Yep, and it's, it's such an important dynamic to understand those rigs are going up, that the pumping of energy out of our ground is going as much as the administration's allowing. And that's really the only counterbalance we have to this trend. Otherwise, there aren't any other trend lines that are helpful. And that includes in the Congress. I want to ask you about this continuing on the false narrative that somehow the independent producers are to blame for this price spike. There is a bill that they're out there to, they're calling it a price gouging bill. But in fact, it seems to me like it's the goal is to actually implement price controls, even though the market is driving uh, the cost up. How concerned are you about this new legislation that Democrats want to take up in the House? Well, we're obviously very concerned because not just for the oil and gas industry, because, because you and I both know that price controls never work. Whenever you implement price control, the most immediate thing that happens is you increase scarcity of the products you're actually trying to control. And so I'm glad you brought this up because this is something that everybody should be paying attention to. This is that classic congressional head fake, which is I will do something that will have zero impact immediately, but at least I'll be able to talk about the something that I did. This is going to be this dog and pony show that the House Democrats are going to do this week. And t- you know, look, let's not fool ourselves. This, you get it exactly right. It isn't, a, it isn't a price gouging bill. It is a price control bill. It's a Democratic attempt to give President Biden the authority to literally establish what a morally acceptable price of, get, of a gallon of gasoline is going to be. That's of concern to all of us. It gives the president total discretion. And they use this term called unconscionably excessive, which define that for me in legislation. I don't think that that's possible to do. But what it does is allows the administration to, to determine if something is unconscionably high, then they can put a price control on it. And that should set off alarm bells for all of us. Because the thing that you know, we all learned through the, the pandemic was once you give the executive branch and its agencies unfettered authority, they never, ever get nope. that authority. You're never getting back. it back. It's there to and stay. So, yeah. And so today it might be the price of gasoline, but tomorrow's unconscionably excessive pricing might be implied anything from, from health care to airfare to housing or even electric vehicles for all we know. And so that's something we all are really paying attention to. It's a really bad idea. 
Yeah. Like you said, it's only going to create more scarcity in the market. We're going to actually lose supply if these uh, price controls go into place. And that only creates uh, a worse situation for us. A lot of people I talk to, economists, say this problem is simple to solve. It is simple to solve. Things like the Trans-Canada Pipeline and more leases, all it requires is ramping up production uh, and giving the permission from the government to ramp up production. Is it that simple? Is the inflation slash energy price problem really a matter of just getting the Biden administration to allow more energy production than it is allowed? Well, I think we've got to be careful because we could fall in the same trap that the Biden administration says, look, if we just put price controls on something, all the problem will go away. So I think from industry's perspective, we try and be measured in what we say because the, 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 the fuel markets, they're very, very complex. And, and when you have a, you know, the price of a gallon of gasoline, for example, only about 50 to 60% of that actual price per gallon is actually for the crude that uh, is, is acquired. The other 20% goes to refining and transportation. Another 12 to 18% goes to the state and federal taxes. And then whatever's left is up to the retailer to figure out what his margin is going to be. At the same time, only half a barrel of fuel, or half a barrel of oil is going to the transportation side as well. And so you've got uh, complex markets of the supply chain. As you started talking off about, you know, talking with about fertilizer and, and, and other things like that, when you're sending half your, half your fuel source to manufacturing, half to transportation, it is incredibly complex, and we can't just oversimplify because that does nobody any favors. What we can do is to make sure that we have enough going to all those different places, and those markets will work themselves out eventually if the government gets out of the way. Yeah, and we have a long-term refinery problem in the country, don't we, right? Even if we were to ramp up supply, refining capacity is is another challenge in this complicated picture. Is anybody in the government, anybody in politics addressing that challenge? Well, it is. You're exactly right. You know, and unfortunately, we really are hitting right now the perfect storm where you've got this this process of where refineries, they go down for seasonal maintenance, and then they have to come in and reformulate. And that happens at the same time when you've got really high crude prices. And you combine that with a long-term underinvestment, we find ourselves in a really, really difficult position. Worldwide, we've lost 3 million barrels a day in refining capacity and on diesel since the pandemic. In the, in the U.S. side, on diesel in particular, we've lost a million barrels a day because of what I mentioned about uh, the refining capacity being constrained. That, was, that happened for a couple of reasons. The pandemic caused shutdowns, and then those, those, some of those aging, inefficient refineries were never opened up again, partly because of the pressure that was becoming from ESG funds right. and the White House policies. You know, so, you know, but the interesting thing is we just keep some places keep doing the same thing over over again. So this past, for example, in California this past week, pushed out, you know, new info to slash oil use by 90 percent over the next 20 years. So to our earlier point, who's going to invest billions of dollars in new refining capacity in California if the state says your market's going to be regulated out of existence by the time you, you know, you'd be able to turn a profit? So it's it's a it's a challenge. Obviously, it's probably probably the biggest energy challenge we've had for 50 years. Yeah, that's what a lot of people are saying. In the short term, if you're uh, one of those people teetering near the edge of energy poverty, what is some advice you can give us? What is the best thing Americans can do to prepare for the next six months? It doesn't look like this is a crisis that's going away anytime soon. Well, you know, it's interesting because. 
I wish I, I wish I could make all of this go away, like a lot of us. Nobody wants to see our neighbors, wants to see our families, wants to see our grandparents hurting because of, of inflation, particularly on the energy side of things. That's the, obviously my focus. But what I would say is, you know, things may look grim right now, and they do, and situation and the odds are somewhat against us. But the reality is, is the oil and gas industry never, ever bet against the American innovation and our ability to fix problems. And similar to how it was during the pandemic when the demand collapse happened and everybody said the industry is going to go away over the next 18 months, I would suggest that uh, be patient with us. We're doing everything we can, and we are, it is in our interest and their interest that things get better, and we will do everything we can to get make sure there's product in line and we have plenty of U.S.-produced energy here. Yeah, that is such a key thing. And uh, that's what we got to be watching for, Tim. We are so lucky because you give it to us straight. There's no uh, spin. It's just straightforward facts. And I think people love that because you called this. I'm telling you, last year you were already warning in this. And by this year, you've given us a very honest picture. And we're really grateful for that. That's what people are craving right now. They hear so much misinformation. It's a really welcome thing when we can get a straight story from you. Thank you so much for the time today. We're going to get you back on soon because this ain't going away anytime soon. I appreciate your time. Really do. Thanks a lot. All right, Tim. Thanks again. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. You know what, folks? Stress may be why you can't lose weight. If you've got moderate to high stress like I do, a doctor-formulated weight loss supplement called Lean could be your solution. Chronic stress wreaks havoc on blood sugar, which can cause your body to store excess fat. Stress can also slow your metabolism, which fuels weight gain. And you know all about stress eating and sugar cravings, right? Now the good news. The studied ingredients in lean have been shown to help maintain healthy blood sugar levels, help optimize metabolism, and keep your appetite under control. Now, if your life is a bit stressful like mine and you want to lose weight, add lean to your healthy diet and exercise lifestyle. Now get 15% off and free shipping at takelean.com. That's takelean.com and enter the promo code justnews15. That's the promo code justnews15 at takelean.com. One more time, takelean.com. Statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease, and it's not a substitute or alternative for care from a healthcare provider. Folks, Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, plus veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutritional-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. If you're like me and have a busy schedule that the last thing you want to worry about is what to eat or having to go to the grocery store, Factor makes it easy. As they are flexible to your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash justnews50 and use the promo code justnews50 to get 50% off. That's the code justnews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50. Use the justnews50 code and you will get 50% off your first order. 
All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. What a great show. Big thanks to Mark Meadows. Big thanks to Tim Stewart. Two great guests. They brought a lot to this. And tonight, we'll have wall-to-wall coverage of the Pennsylvania primary. So be on justthenews.com all night long. We'll have it covered with breaking alerts and news. And on the show tonight, on the TV show tonight, the Just the News, Not Noise show, we've got a great lineup. We've got Trump spokeswoman, Liz Harrington, to talk about all that Donald Trump's been doing behind the scenes. We've got the Pennsylvania Republican Party chairman. That is a big person, really great guest. And we've got Carla Sands, one of the candidates running for Senate in Pennsylvania. She is going to give us a great visibility into what people on the ground have been telling her as she's gone around the state. The mood of the electorate, the issues that are moving the electorate right now. That's going to be really great insights on the show. And then, of course, we got John Zadrozny, one of the really great experts on Homeland Security and the border, because we can't take our eye off this next Monday unless the courts intervene more fully. Title 42 is going to be lifted and an avalanche of illegal aliens are going to be crossing the border in ways we have never seen before. You're going to want to check all that out. All right. Now, before we go, hey, we had Dr. Marty on yesterday. He's got Dr. Marty Pets. He is one of the really great veterinarians in the entire world. And he's got this great new product. You know it. You heard about it yesterday. Nature's Blend Premium freeze-dried raw dog food. It's 81% premium cuts of turkey, beef, salmon, and duck. And the rest is balanced with antioxidant-rich seeds, veggies, and fruit. It's what you want to feed your dog if you want them to be healthy. You don't want them to have any of that cellulose-based filler, all those artificial flavors and artificial colors and artificial preservatives. You don't want that. He creates a product that is 100% healthy for you. And because you're a Justin News fan, because you're a John Solomon Reports fan, they have set up a very special offer, 50% off your first order. You heard that right. Half off. Who does that? That's an incredible deal. So go to drmartypets.com, drmartypets.com slash just news. Or if you're not near a place where you can write that URL down, here's an easy way to do it. Just text the word just news to 511-511. That's not hard. 511-511. Just text the word just news. You're going to get 50% off your first order. A great deal. What a great thing. A special thank you to Dr. Marty for coming on yesterday and for making this very special offer available to you and me and all of the Just the News family. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Report. Thanks for joining me. God bless you. We'll be back tomorrow with another big edition, more updates from the Sussman trial, more news all around this great country. We'll be covering it. And remember, check out our coverage tonight at justthenews.com. We've got you covered on the big Pennsylvania primary, the big North Carolina primary, Madison College thrown up tonight. We're going to see what happens in that race after some of the turbulence his political airplane has hit in the last few months. So we got you. Check us out 24-7 justthenews.com and we'll be back tomorrow with another great edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. God bless and good night. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. 
Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it, with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends, who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, Text Just News to 989898 98 98 right now.